We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Obviously, I'm not in my normal studio setup here. Those of you who are on YouTube can see it anyway. Podcast listeners, well, it's probably all the same. But I am on the road right now. Keith, still back at home in Orlando. Keith, how are you doing? I don't leave the house, Trevor. That's the, the dirty little secret. I haven't left the house since the pandemic. So I don't know if there still is an outside or not, but it's. I assume you just exist in this little box on this computer and that's it. So that, that, that is it. That is it. You know, though, I, I can tell you this. I'm in Las Vegas right now uh, doing some work for, for Lakers Nation out of the, the uh, Blue Wire studio. And uh, it is freezing. In La- I wasn't necessarily expecting. I'm glad I checked the weather like right before I left and grabbed the jacket because it is so cold here. I am a little jealous of you in Orlando right now. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I I've never been there when it's been anything but like hot, and it's weird because for me coming there, it can be like 110, but it still feels okay because there's no humidity. Right. So it's like for me, like you know, that feels like a you know 85 degree day here in Orlando when we get buried in humidity and you're soaked in sweat the minute you leave the house. But yeah, no man, well, good luck out there. To, you know, but don't. Uh, well, what does Wesley Snipes say? Always bet on black, right? That's that's what you're supposed to do. That's that's right. I have not done any betting betting yet, but I will try to uh, keep that in mind if I do. Uh, speaking of betting. Look at this professional segue here. Oh. The Mavs. Oh, professional segue, but terrible spelling. And <laughs> <laughs> for see, I didn't even notice the G and the I were backwards. I went to the oh no, that says resign. <laughs> wow. I swear I did not go out last night. I I did not. I went straight to bed. So there's no excuse here. They, you didn't they, go out last night, but you've been out all day. So apparently I have been. I have indeed. But uh the Mavs want to rest in. Uh, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, let me fix that. Well, uh, look, the the Mavs have been struggling. It looks like they're about to fall out of the play uh, play in mix. They're almost mathematically eliminated. Luca says he's still going to, um, he's still going to play until they are mathematically eliminated. But is that is this a surprise to you at all? Because they do have the option of having cap space if they were to just say, "Oh, Kyrie, this didn't work." So unfortunately yeah we had to give up assets to get you but we're just going to move on are are you surprised at all that they're going to try to re-sign him yeah um no i mean no i I think they gave up so much to get him it's 
anytime you give up even a single first round pick, you're going to do what you can to try to get that player back in the fold. Um, so that doesn't, that part doesn't surprise me, but what I do wonder is, is Dallas maybe a little more, all right, Hey, if you get another big offer from somebody, are they going to push to match that big offer? Or are they just basically going to say, and we're good. Like, good luck. You know what you do. And maybe they just say, yeah, we're going to move on from Christian Wood and, like you said, we're going to take this $30 million in cap space and try to build a more functional team around Luca that we feel like is better. I, I think, you know, signs lean towards and probably like most likely outcome is they'll re-sign Kyrie Irving. But as we all know, when you get in the Kyrie Irving business, what you think you know, you may not actually know. So, you know, it would not surprise me at all. The challenge, I think, comes in who, right? Who's going to pay him a ton of money this summer? Because the cap space teams doesn't necessarily probably make a ton of sense. Sign and trades get really tricky with you know the hard cap and all that that'll be triggered, and none of that projects to change with a new CBA coming and all those things. So I, I think it's probably more likely he resigns. But I think where let's just say uh, if you could put a bet in on this, I might have you you know uh, drop by the sports book and put in uh, Kyrie Irving over under time left with Mavericks under two years. I think it would bet on the under. Yeah, I think that's given the history. That's that's yeah. a fairly uh, safe bet in my mind. But I mean, like you never know, and you never know with Kyrie. So, but um, the Mavs wanting to resign him right now—that is at least a little bit of news, given how poorly things have gone. But I don't think what's happened to the Mavs is necessarily Kyrie's fault. No. Like I, this is, there's a lot of other stuff going on. I don't look at this and go up oh, Kyrie's if Kyrie wasn't there, they'd be winning all these games. I don't necessarily think that's what's happening either. So it makes yeah. sense. They'd want to keep, keep and him around. There's been a lot of stuff in the last you know, week of, you know, they were in fifth place when they got them. Yeah. But fifth place was like a bad game away from being in 11th where they're sitting now. Anyway, right. nothing has really changed in the standings that much. It's not that. Yes. They have not been good with Kyrie Irving. That is totally fair. That is a hundred percent true that they they just haven't been. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't I think they're they're awful defensively. And yes, part of that is on Kyrie because Kyrie's just not a very good defensive player. But you trade for him knowing that. It's yeah. not like he has come there and shot 30% from the field and played terribly and acted like an idiot and not like he's been Kyrie Irving, the basketball player, and hasn't done any off the court stuff that we're aware of that's been, you'll go gun thing may cause things to go sideways. So I think it's just, it's bad roster construction, a bad, you know, ill fitting team. And that's why they've fallen out of the uh, postseason picture here. And then to your point, I don't think they can be eliminated tonight. Um, as we record this on Tuesday night and the NBA gets back at it, I'm looking at, yeah, they can't be eliminated just yet, but they're like right on the verge. They're really close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're close. And it, and if that's the the case, if that does if that does wind up happening, if uh, if the Mavs do get uh, out of the picture, look, it sounds like Luca is uh, may shut it down at some point. Now, obviously, there's only a few games left, so not too huge of a deal, but just something that's kind of already out there. In fact, I'm looking here. The Mavs, I think, are one of the few teams that don't play tonight. If I'm looking, if I'm not if, just missing them, yeah, somewhere. I think you're right. I don't think they play tonight. That's probably why they can't be eliminated. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's 13 games tonight as we get back. Obviously, the NBA had last night off for the national championship game. Congrats to the Connecticut Huskies on uh, mm -hmm. winning a fifth national title, I believe, in like 25 years or something like that. 
uh, for them. So that's you know good 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 for the the Huskies there. But yeah, they're one of the few teams that does not play play tonight as we get back at it. Hey, while we're kind of semi on the subject, I'm gonna shoehorn it right. in. Let's run through a couple of these clinch and elimination scenarios sure. here, just because I think they are kind of interesting. So uh, in the West, since we we're talking about the West, Denver clinches the best record in the Western Conference with a win or a Memphis loss, so we're right down to it on that one. Phoenix clinches a playoff spot with a win or a Golden State loss. Sacramento clinches the Pacific Division. Whatever. That doesn't mean anything. Um, Utah is eliminated with a loss, Oklahoma City win, and Minnesota win. So even Utah, they're, they're, they've got to lose and have two other teams win. So gives you a sense there that Dallas is they're on the precipice, but not quite there yet. Yeah. Uh, in the East, Atlanta uh, – clinches a spot in the playing game with a loss or a Brooklyn win or Toronto loss. So that'll uh, lock them into the play-in. Boston can clinch the Atlantic division with a win. Doesn't matter. Uh, Brooklyn clinches a playoff spot with a win in a Miami loss. And that would essentially lock in the top six. Well, would, not essentially, would lock in the top six in the East. Mm -hmm. Chicago can lock into a playing game with a win or an Orlando loss. That's down to one. Orlando's eliminated with loss or Chicago win, and then Miami just the inverse of the Brooklyn part where they are locked into the playing game with a loss and a Brooklyn win. So we're getting down to it now. But what's crazy is it's April 4th, like, and we're getting yeah. down to it. Like, we've got only five days left in the season. Yeah. yeah, six game days left if you count My today goodness. and the final day. So, yeah, it's absolutely bonkers like that we're, we're still this much up in the air. I mean, in the West, three teams have clinched anything. Like that's it. Yeah. You know, there's still seven spots still up for grabs, which is, you know, I mean, really that's pretty great. The the Suns are not a lock to make the playoffs and they're a four seed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is nuts, right? That's yeah. With insane. with six game days left to go in the year. I mean, obviously I'm not projecting that they wouldn't make sure. like, you know, but but it's just it's right. funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. And, uh, Zion, oh, Zion I, okay. sorry. It may be the favorite to win the West. Yeah, <laughs> not even a not even a lock to make the playoffs, and maybe the the team most people think are going to come out of the West. Like mm -hmm. That's that's kind of kind of funny, and it's in and of itself too. Like haven't even clinched a playoff spot, and I bet people are like, "Yeah, they're going to win the West." Like, yeah, they're coming out. What, what a weird out. season! This has been great. It's been a great. It year. has. Uh, Zion Williamson now playing three on three, but still no timetable for his return. Uh, I mean, the Pelicans are right there in the. There's four teams right now as we're recording this, tied with 38 losses. That's the Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, and Pelicans. So it seems pretty likely. I mean, the Pelicans are a game and a half up on the Wolves. Now, they don't have the easiest schedule from here. They get the Kings tonight. They get Memphis, New York, Minnesota. That that last game of the season against Minnesota, that may have some real playoff implications on the line there, depending on how things play out. So it's not like they have an easy schedule here. Uh, who knows what, you know, is Memphis locked into the two by that point? Does that, you know, by – Tomorrow, does that mean that they're resting guys? What about Sacramento? What you know, there um, things get weird this time of year. But uh, if Zion returns, that could definitely change some things in the Western Conference, and it certainly makes the Pelicans a much more dangerous team. But again, right now, three on three doesn't mean he's ready to go. Doesn't mean he's back on the court. It's going to be interesting. I think it's a total coin flip in terms of whether or not he returns, even though it does look like. It's looking more likely than not that the Pelicans will at least be part of the play-in mix. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder, do you get Zion back for the play-in? 
Like, do you take yeah. this rest of this week? That's how you ramp them up. And then basically a week from now when the playing tournament starts, that's when you get them on the court and that's when you get them in. And we've seen he's not a hard guy to reincorporate into what you do because it's not like he is a heavy pick and roll guy or a heavy you know uh, usage player. He just kind of uh-huh. gets the ball and he goes and he does his thing. So it wouldn't surprise me with that. I've had people ask, like, what does this mean? Like when they're playing through it, why are they not just playing five on five? Well, three on three, one, it's only half court. So, it, and it's very controlled. It'll be full, like, go, but there's also four less bodies out there to crash into, yeah. land on, all that stuff. So, it's just, you know, it's the first step kind of in on court action to like getting back. And my guess is probably middle, middle to end of this week, you ramp them up to five on five and then maybe start of the playing tournament, you could get them on the court. All right, another return. Andrew Wiggins returning to the Warriors. This is fantastic news. They've certainly been missing him. This team's really been struggling, of course, on the road. And once again, they're in that mix with 38 losses right now. Uh, Andrew Wiggins coming back, been dealing with some personal stuff. Again, it has not been released publicly exactly what's going on, but that's between Andrew Wiggins and and the Warriors. And hopefully everything is is good now. Um, yeah, report was- from Shams was it's the health of his father. Okay, is is what's out there now. So that I remembered well. seeing that, but I wasn't a hundred percent. So I didn't want to say yeah. it because I knew there were some rumors out there that were yeah. not true. So I didn't. Want yeah, to and there were definitely rumors that that weren't that that were out there that we're not yeah. going to touch on because they're, you know, if that's not what it was, there's no reason to even go down that path. But yeah, I did all around. Hopefully, this is good news that it's like things have gone for the better direction and he is able to get back to the Warriors and, and you're right they need him now their challenge is they've only got three games left because they're already at 79 games so you kind of I don't think he's playing tonight I think they said maybe tomorrow uh, he's going to play I believe they're playing tomorrow if I have that correct I might be off on it. that uh, Thursday they're going to play um, I think no, they've got Friday. OKC tonight and then Friday, Friday. They, have Sacramento. they only so, have three games left yeah, I think it's. I think he's returning to the team to start practice like today or tomorrow, and then he'll be proud. Maybe we'll play Friday, but yeah, then you're talking two games to play. You're hoping, obviously, if you're the Warriors, you're not in the playing or you're not in the yeah, you're not in the playing tournament. You're in the playoffs, so then that kind of gives them a week to ramp up and practice and get ready to go. So let's see. You know, I mean, I don't think it's one of those things where it should take super long for him to get back in the mix and get there, but he's played in over a month. So it's, it, it may take him a little while to ramp up and be fully ready to go. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. It may take him some time, but again, he was so critical to them winning the championship last year. Um, this could, this could be a big boost for them. Uh, again, not good on the road at all, but there are two road games. One's at Sacramento again, Sacramento that's on Friday may have, you know, or maybe yeah, be calling it right there. They may they may be saying, hey, okay, let's just rest up and be ready for the playoffs because they can be locked into their seed by then. And then they finished the season off at Portland. Uh, Portland got the surprise win over Minnesota, so you never know. But we, you know, things may be solidified by then. So they have a home game against OKC tonight. That's going to be a big one. And then uh, they may have Andrew Wiggins back from there. And I've had some people say and ask, do we think we're going to see seeding shenanigans with? The Warriors and Clippers trying to align to get the Kings. Here's the challenge. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I couldn't get to the mute quick enough. Um, you can't play around too much because the Lakers and Pelicans are right there. 
yeah. so you can't you can't goof around too much with trying to lock in the seeds it's it's i, I don't think we're going to i i don't think anybody's going to be like oh you know i think it's probably more so i also think if you're the warriors and the clippers your attitude has to be going into that first round doesn't matter we can be yeah. those teams and, and i shouldn't have said the grizzlies it's the Suns. um but you got to have the attitude of hey we're the champs right if you're the warriors and i think they probably do we'll beat whoever you put in front of us and then i think if you're the clippers you should hopefully have by this time but it's weird i was watching them play the other well i didn't watch it live but then i watched it yesterday because there's no games dude they're still trying to figure it out man like we're yeah. You know, in April 4th, you know, now and like you've got three games left and you're still trying to figure out what your best lineups are. And again, Paul George is out, but there's other pieces within that. Like, what's our backup big rotation going to look like? Yeah. It's, I don't know. I just I picked them to make the finals this year and I really don't feel very good about it. Yeah, it's um, it, who knows what's going to happen with Paul George, but we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The, the challenge, too, is like the Warriors don't have the tiebreaker over anybody. Yeah. So that's that could be that can be a factor too uh, in all of this. When we look at, at Lakers, Clippers, you look at Pelicans. Now, I think I want to say I haven't looked at it specifically, but I think the Pelicans one could change. It goes down to like um, conference record conference or something. Record. Yeah. yeah, it's something that winds up. It could shift. But the bottom line is is that I think all of these teams need to win. And I think you're right. I think trying to do anything to try to dodge the five seed, which is what teams are everybody's saying. We don't want to be the five seed because then you get Phoenix in round one. In addition to you'd have most likely Denver in round two, um, 
it's just it's it's too hard to thread the needle right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that changes by the last game of the season, and we see some craziness going on. But right now, it like you're a couple of bad games away from being out of the mix. Like, I don't think you can do it. Yeah, and it's um, is it to to no, it's not tonight. It's coming up, right? It's uh, Lakers and Clippers. That's tomorrow. Tomorrow night. That is what a mo- they, yeah. I think it was Zach Lowe said facetiously he said this is the biggest lakers clippers game ever and then he's like then i thought more about it he's like it might actually be the biggest lakers clippers game ever and i i don't know you know i'm not in position here live on the show to go through their full uh head-to-head history but i do kind of wonder like i mean this is a massive game for playoff positioning and where these teams could ultimately land so yeah it it, it is a pretty big one at, at the yeah. very least no, it definitely is. And, you know, the Lakers don't have the tiebreaker over the Clippers. So um, essentially, I can tell you from the Lakers side of things, if the Lakers win out, if they win their next four, they're the five seed. There's and that's that's it. Um, if they How, lose, that's remarkable. Isn't right? that crazy? Like, like I, and I know you generally stayed positive, but there had to be days when you're like, this team's not going to be in the plan. Right. Like because it, it felt like at times like they, they stink, like they're bad. And like, man, what? I don't know. It's weird because I don't want to go too nuts with saying this because they're not, I don't know that they're going to win the championship. So it's hard to say, you know, is this one of the more impactful trade deadline set of acquisitions, but completely remade the roster around the stars. And in a way that it's not only so made sense, but it's so came together so quickly and so Mm -hmm. well that you, you saved the entire season with that set of set of moves at the trade deadline. And uh, we'll include Hachimura, right? Cause I was close sure. off in the trade window. So yeah. Wow. I mean, that just really is like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's pretty rare that that trade deadline acquisitions make that big of a difference. And, and I mean, and without LeBron for a good chunk, without D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell for a good chunk. And they, um they have the, the right now, maybe this changes tonight after tonight's game, but they have, they have the top winning percentage in the Western conference since the trade deadline. I yeah. mean, it's, it's crazy. It's it's crazy, and it's more certainly from the Lakers side. We were always hoping, like, okay, they can get into the play-in mix. Kept lamenting the four games lost uh, on missed calls at the at the buzzer this season, um, <laughs> and we kept lamenting the oh my gosh, four games. Look what that could do in the standings. But they've been able to go on a run, so we'll see how all, all four of these teams finish it out. But uh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be shocking crazy. what happens when you build a roster that actually makes sense to, right? for the way basketball is played. Yeah, so weird. Dude. Too crazy. So weird. What a novel right. idea. We've got a couple of uh, transactions here. I'll just uh, – your your Celtics <laughs> make make a move here. What's going on with this? Well, it remains to be seen if this – and it's Celtics. Man, you did oh go my goodness, today, didn't you? Boy, I swear I did I, – now, I will say my flight got delayed. <laughs> so I was – I did not arrive into Vegas until super, super late. And then I've been in the studio most of the day. So okay. I'm going to blame this on on fatigue from that. But my okay. goodness, I, I used to be, I feel like I, I should like return my teaching credential or something. I was like going to say, something, uh, me used to teach kids things. good. <laughs> um, oh, man. So Justin Champagny, we'll see if remains to be seen if the Celtics beat the Lakers to the 18th banner, but they beat the Lakers to the 15th roster spot. That's yeah. something I suppose. Um, yeah, Justin Champagny. Boston's adding them. A little bit of a surprise that they didn't just do a G League conversion for either J.D. Davison or Fiondu Cabangale. A uh, little surprising, maybe Tony Snell or Denzel Valentine from 
the main Celtics weren't uh, the ones who were brought up. But going with Justin Chimpenny, bringing him in, he's a six foot six wing, uh, pretty good rebounder for his size. He's you know kind of three four more than he is a uh, two three, but more really of just a pure three. Uh, shoots it kind of okay. We'll see. But this is you know wing depth. My guess is ultimately when we get the terms of this, it'll probably be a multi year deal, and they'll have a kind of free look at him at the end of the season here and a look into training camp and summer league and the like. Yeah. Okay. Um, might, might as well take a look there. And then Blazers, similar thing. Justin Manaya. Yeah. Uh, signing with, with them. Yep. Justin Manaya shot up Providence College uh, product. He was at South Carolina, then played a grad year at Prov- Providence. And just another, you know, kind of hard nosed defender. He'd been playing in the G League, did, doing some stuff there. Um, my guess is, again, this is probably a chance uh, for the, um, for the, uh, uh, trailblazers here to look. This is another hardship signing. Portland is, man, are they in the, the weeds with you know injuries yeah. and shutting guys down? And what's funny with Portland because I've heard a lot of people be like, I thought the NBA was putting a stop to all this. All these guys are legitimately dealing with something. It's not like these are just completely made up things. Yes, if they were fighting for a playoff position, they'd probably be playing through it. Mm-hmm. But these are real injuries that these guys have had and had for a while, some of them. So it's, um, yeah, they're just down so many guys that here we are at the end of April signing hardships. I thought the funniest thing was John Hollander's tweet. Uh, man, look at the Blazers coming for our record. Because if we remember when he worked for the Memphis Grizzlies, they went into the playoffs with a ton of dudes on hardship contracts. That's how bad it was that one year that they had. I, I think at one point they either had four or five players signed to hardship deals. And that's, we'll take the COVID, you know, stuff out of it. Cause teams got up to, you know, sometimes 21 and 22 players during that, that uh, madness over the last couple of years. But in, in this, uh, this situation, that was just a different spot. So, so we'll see, you know, it's, uh, you know, when I had a nice year in the G league played for Mexico city in the G league, which is also kind of cool, right. That we're seeing a player get a call up out of the uh, uh, Mexico, Mexico city G league team, which is you know kind of fun in and of itself. Right. Right. Uh, we do have a few little uh, CBA tidbits to get into here. Just yeah finish things out um we, we obviously we talked about it a couple of times last two shows we went over cba stuff uh with the new collective bargaining agreement we talked about this though that you know you could see some shenanigans where if a player has to hit 65 games played in order to qualify for an award couldn't you just have that player jump in for opening tip immediately commit a foul and then jump back out of the game and that's it um the nba well what's getting out anyway is that uh, there will be a, a a minutes requirement that has to be passed. Uh, they have to play at least twenty minutes, except for I think it's two games. They can yeah. they can not play. They can play like fifteen or something. But bottom line is you have to play at least twenty minutes for the game to actually count towards your sixty-five game total. So you can't do what we were talking about. Afraid teams would do where you just have a player play for the opening tip, and then they're really out for the game uh, in order to get an award. They have to actually play and be a significant and play a significant chunk of of the game. Yeah, the league obviously wants these games thresholds met, but they don't want them met by being an absolute circus of, you know, silliness of, all right, we we played a bunch of guys and then we subbed them all out and off we went because that's just nonsense, right? That's not doesn't mean anything. So, yeah, I I don't know. I still don't know that this is good or bad or if it'll matter. We're just going to have to see where it goes. I'm still hearing that there's still other conditions that may come into play here. As far as one of the things I was tossing off, I talked to last show, but one of the proposals and ideas was, you know, if you're actually injured, 
and you miss three games in a week with a sprained ankle, only the first one counts against you. And the other games are like, they still count as games missed, but not towards the threshold. And they would readjust mm. and those kind of things. So I, it's for me, it's, I think it's just, it's probably going to be likely not anything like that. And it'll probably be something like, yeah, you're going to play 65 games with a minimum threshold met of 20 minutes per game, just to keep it simple. Cause like you said, there is the caveat of in two games. Because the other thing is 20, 20 minutes is not like, that's not like a yes. Anybody who's a real award contender is playing more than twenty minutes per game, right? But it's still not a like it's not like a, a small amount of minutes either. Like that's you know not even. I mean, sometimes we see guys only play like twenty five minutes in a blowout, you know. And then maybe what if you had another couple games where it's like, man, I tried to play and I just couldn't make. We see that every year, right? Somebody sure. tries to play and then you know fifteen minutes of the game, it's like I can't, I can't go. Like, it's just, I don't know where we're going to, I think this one is going to be one where whatever they roll out is not going to be what lasts for the duration of the CBA. I think we'll probably see some tweaks and adjustments it, to it. Let, let me make my, my prediction here. It's going to be what lasts until a player in order to, in order to make that requirement is playing at not a hundred percent and suffers either a re-aggravation or a another injury because they were you know a sprained ankle and they're favoring that leg and they do something to their opposite knee or whatever we see stuff like that happen until that occurs that's when when i think this is going to change and it look it very well could we could see something like that happen where a guy's playing in a game he wouldn't normally uh and it can be like you know a big time player they go down and then there's going to be an uproar about this or god forbid a player says i'm good to go and a team says we're going to hold you out one more yeah. game and you miss and you miss out on qualifying for never mind just an award but to your point a bigger contract because of it then we're never going to hear the end of it right it'll be you know you know that was ridiculous and probably grievances and everything else so yeah. uh, let, let's see you know we're, this is let's see <laughs> All right, we, uh, to wrap things up, we also have no reportedly no discussions taking place around a penalty occurring for a player requesting a trade. There was some buzz about that. We've seen recently players signing big contracts like uh, Ben Simmons, James Harden, them requesting trades shortly after. Um, what? No penalty here, which there were fans who were very upset in the moment, but I keep going back to like, yeah, players can request trades. I get it's a it, it gets messy when it becomes public, but I mean, look at Kevin Durant requested a trade, and the Nets said no, and then finally they were got to a point where they were willing to trade him, and they got what they what they wanted, or uh, they got a good haul for him. So, but they also took a, pri a prior trade request and said, "Sorry, you're under contract, and this is what we're doing," and and that's it. So, as long as teams can do that and they're not forced to trade a guy, then okay, fine, right? Sure. Yeah. And what's people like to scream about the Ben Simmons of it all, but that obviously went all the way deep into grievances and everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, people say James Harden wasn't trying, you know, and that's yeah. part of what pushed this. Some, you know, on the flip side, we saw Anthony Davis after he you know, made his trade request, the NBA was like, Hey, you have to play him. And then he was like, yeah, I'm good. I'll play. And then the Pelicans were like, yeah, you'll play, but you're going to play five minutes each half and that's it. Yeah, um, you know, that's so this is all ways on this. I think the biggest problem is <clears throat> if you made any kind of real penalty to this, the player is going to come out and say, 
<clears throat> where do you have me on record saying I want to trade? Yeah, exactly. Yo, who like, oh, so my agent said that he didn't have approval to say that. Or well, the team's saying that, but I never said that, right? And that's where you're gonna get into grievances and yep. all sorts of stuff that nobody wants. Mess. If if I had time before the show, I would have made and maybe I'll make one and just leave it here in my office and I'll put on my tinfoil hat, put on my ceremonial <laughs> tinfoil tin hat. hat. It is I don't think anyone actually cares about this. I think the NBA publicly has to say, this is not good. And then I think behind closed doors, the NBA says, hey, look at that. We just dominated the news cycle with the Kevin Durant trade stuff for an entire week in the middle of our offseason when no one is thinking about basketball. Like we just owned it, right, for that entire window Mm -hmm. of time. And I think they're like, we're going to publicly say, yeah, you know, we don't really like this. This isn't great. But I think in the end, it is a, yeah, no, we don't really care. This is fine. I don't think anybody wants the situations where it turns into a player who is a pending free agent. And let's call it out kind of what happened with Anthony Davis. Of, I am going here. Don't trade for me because I'm going to not be with you after the next 30 games or whatever. I'm leaving town. But those are so few and far between that it doesn't really matter. And it's so few and far between that we get a player openly saying, yeah, I don't want to be here. That's like once every 20 years. And and usually they just tweet it and then say that's not what they're (laughs) doing. Say they were at the hair salon, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I don't think this is the major issue. And the other thing I go back to, I think this is also a little bit of common sense at play here. If you could really get them in a <clears throat> quiet moment to, to speak about this, I'm losing my voice because I've done a lot of radio and podcasts about the CBA over the last two days. Um, if you could get them in a quiet moment to say the NBA to, to admit, yeah, teams can turn around and trade dudes whenever they want. Almost. Yeah. There's sometimes there's restrictions. Sure. But for the most part, teams can trade players whenever they feel like, if the team can decide it does, it's not working with this guy, let's trade him. Why can't the player have the same level of agency to say, you know, this isn't working the way we wanted it to. I'd like to be somewhere else. And I think more often than not, we get trade requests where it's the team is also like, all right, yeah, it makes sense. Like, yeah. Let's try to get something done. So I don't think this is, is the problem. It seems like it could be. I think this is more of a, in the moment, we're all going to react to it. And we're all going to say what we say, and then we're all just going to keep moving along. The the problem is the fans. That's that's the problem because fans are going to react to these trade requests, and it and it just looks uh, it's a bit unseemly. If a player signs a contract, it's a four year deal. You as a fan are saying, okay, this is my guy for at least the next four years. This guy is going to be playing for my team. I'm going to be supporting this player. I'm going to go out and buy his jersey. And then six months later, he wants out. He wants a trade. Then what? Then what? Right? Like fans don't mm-hmm. want that. Fans don't want to be in in that situation. Now, I will say on the the flip side regarding the Anthony Davis thing, I try not to be too biased with this whole thing with with all of that because obviously Anthony Davis wound up on the team that I that I covered, right? Um, but I go back to Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. I wish Dwight Howard had done what Anthony Davis did <laughs> so badly. Because that is the most damaging thing that can happen. If you are going to be a free agent and you tell your team, I'm not going to stay, thank you. 
Thank yeah. you for letting the team team know that so they can get something and you aren't left with nothing and that player just just walks away. Um, and so that's what I keep keep going back to. And it and it can get messy and that's a problem and and, and all of that. But I think you're also right. It, it creates buzz around the league. It just gets difficult for the fans to say, I've been I was supporting this guy and now I feel hurt. Because this guy has said, I don't want to be on this on your team anymore. I want to go somewhere else. And that's where you get the the outcry. But I think you're right. From an NBA perspective, yeah, they're going, it's August. And and it's uh, the NFL is, is picking up. And we just dominated a week. Let's go. We'll take that. Yeah, that's it. And, and I, I just go back to on the fan side of it, too. Fans, in general, root for teams instead of players. They root for players while they're on those teams. But That's they're fans a of thing, though. The player right. player first fans are becoming a, more of a thing. More of a thing, for sure. And I've probably told a story here, but it's all quick again. I have a really good friend. She is a massive LeBron James fan. And I know you deal with this every day. Mm-hmm. And she was a Cavs fan, then a Heat fan, then a Cavs fan. Now she's a Lakers fan. But she really is a LeBron James fan. And... I don't have a problem with that. Hey, if you love the game, love the game however you love it. That's fine with me. I don't really care. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter too much. As long as you don't get too nutso about the whole deals of stuff. But it's, in general, I still think there's probably more fans of teams than players. And part of that is the team is stable, right? The yeah. team is always there. The players are going to change. At most, with a lot of these guys, it's pretty rare to have the Kobe Bryant's of the world where you have a 20-year relationship with one player, exactly. right? Those are not very common anymore in, in in really the world of sports, never mind the NBA. And that is where I think in that case is you get it, right? Like, like that's, that's different, right? Then the team and the player become synonymous, right? They become one. Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan, right? Mavs and Spurs, those are – they might as well be one entity in that. But I think in these cases is we push the blame on the players when sometimes eh, the team's just as much to blame. If I resign with you and then you put on, if Luka Doncic in two years says, I want out, like this is a disaster. You made a mess. Well, you don't blame him because you signed a contract. The Mavs bungle everything around him and make a huge mess of that roster. Why should he have to be the one of us to stick it out too? When if they decided – you know, Luke is not very good. We can move him tomorrow. Like, it just seems to me there's this weird, like, we just don't want to place blame on the, the thing that's the constant in our lives as yeah. fans. And I get it. I've done it, too. I mean, I, I've repeated in Bill We Trust more times than I can think of about Bill Belichick and the Patriots <clears throat> when there's times when it's like they probably blew the decision in reality. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it is. That's what it is, right? Like, you've got that constant that gets handed down over the generations and and players that's not the way it works that's not how it works so it's again i don't think it's something that had to be addressed even though it was going to be a buzz a buzzworthy <laughs> topic something that people are going to discuss and should players be allowed to request trades and and all that kind of stuff it gets out but like you said prove it prove the player requested a trade um because they're not going to go say it it's not like they're going to put it on camera right most yeah. of them anyway they're yeah. not going to jump on social media they're not going to jump on uh, on a video and say, Hey, this is, you know, I want to trade from this team because of this, this, and this, that's not going to happen. That's not the way they're going to communicate that. Um, instead it's going to be through back channels and stuff. Sources close to player X say they'd like to move on. And then the player can say, what sources? Oh, I didn't say that. I wasn't me. 
Yeah, and to your point, you almost wish it was that way, right? For some guys where it's like, yeah. please say what you're going to actually do this summer. I mean, to some extent with the Celtics, right, with Kyrie Irving, it was yeah. know, they held on a lot longer than they should because it was like, well, we haven't heard differently that he's not going to sign here. And then look what happened. And it ended up okay for everybody, I think. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely, you know, one of those things where, you know, I, I just think it's one of those, yes, this is, yes, this is a big problem. And then it's right. like, now nah, we're getting that's all cool fun. <laughs> right, right. In, in the meantime, hey, uh, superstar player, it's uh, it's August. We haven't had much come out yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can you make yeah. some noise? You, you happy over there? You know, how's it working out for you? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, right. Imagine that if a player is like, I was coerced by the NBA and like, requesting a trade because they needed news in August. Like, that'd be funny. Hey, now on the flip side, let's not do that again. I would like to have a little bit of downtime uh, before the season starts. <laughs> right? We we don't necessarily need all of that all the time. I I kind of agree, but I I don't know, man. I I start getting I start getting a, a little shaky when when there's not any NBA news out. <laughs> I just need all right. Then let's say this. Let's all agree collectively the first two weeks of August, nothing's gonna happen. And then we all agree. We know those two weeks we got nothing, and then we can all pick up with just. Just tell me when to plan my vacation. That's that's, it. that's, that's all really I want. What just, I want just tell yeah. me when when I can plan my vacation NBA so I can do that, and the rest of the time, no problem. Let's not, you know, I don't know, have a Patrick Beverly trade when I'm in the middle of the Pacific, please. That that's that's the ideal, right? <laughs> to have to know when is it safe to travel. Yeah, exactly. That that's really what I want to know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right, everybody. Thank you for, for joining us here. Um, appreciate all of you who have been joining us over on YouTube. Make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on notifications as well. And, of course, find the podcast version of the NBA Front Office Show over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, see you and stay safe.